Welcome to Unpromoted, the sales development podcast. This week's guest I'm super excited about. We get to hear from someone who has five plus years of sales development leadership experience. He's been a part of IPOs and building programs from scratch. He's currently a senior SDR manager and he's one of my favorite LinkedIn personalities, Jesse Gittler. Welcome, Jesse. Hey, my man. How are we doing? Not too bad up here. I just got uh, two feet of snow up here in, in Canada. Um, so we were talking before. I know you're uh, you're not jealous of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm in sunny LA. You know, being uh, coming coming from New York, I don't miss those days at all. I know the country's getting hit in weird parts right now. Texas has you know hundreds of thousands of people out of power. It's just insane. Yeah, man, I spent my morning digging out a digging out of snow, so I'd ra- rather be in LA, that's for sure. It's a good workout, though. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> um, listen, man, thanks for coming on. Um, I know you were interested in coming on podcasts and stuff earlier in the year, so I think I caught you at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and really excited to talk to you today. We're going to get into the SDR mindset, but before we do that. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, no, happy to be here. You know, I was just, I'm, I'm trying to get uh, more podcasts, trying to just get more involved in these type of things. So I appreciate, um, you know, you hitting me up. But um, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, born and raised in New York. Um, you know, I'm currently working in, in California, in LA for a company called Patient Pop. Um, really, really great company. But kind of how I got started um, you know, I graduated in like 2011, went to SUNY Albany, um, majored in finance management, you know, not like one of these people that's going to say, yeah, I'm this born salesperson or sales leader. And I wanted to get into sales and like, here's my story on how I did that. Like, honestly, out of college, it was, it was like a recession, you know, it was hard to get a job. And, you know, I tried to do my own thing for a while and, you know, start my own company with a couple of my buddies and then I kind of was like, I really need some health insurance, right? Like, and I was like, let me get into a company where I can get some health care. So I got lucky enough. One of my friends worked at a great company called Veronis, which is you know, data security. And, um, you know, for an SDR position, I had no idea what an SDR does. Like, no clue. I went up in there and, like, they took a chance on me. And, you know, I remember early on, like, I, I didn't book a demo in, like, the first two days. And, like... I remember walking back from the train because I would take the train into Manhattan from Long Island where I grew up. It was like, you know, an hour each way. Um, And I was doing like the dark to dark thing, like where I didn't see any daylight. You know what I mean? Because I would take like the 514 train and then I would take like the 614 train back. So I remember this specific moment, though, where there was snow on the ground. So now that you mentioned it, it brings it back. Um, And I was talking to my friend via text and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I could actually do this. Like booking two meetings a day was the quota, what they expected. And I couldn't even like, and just the thought of having to do that every day and thinking like long-term instead of thinking like what I have to do right now, brought a lot of doubt in my mind. But, you know, that was the really the last time I doubted myself in the job. I, I, I went in extra early the next day. I kind of leaned into it. I went crazy and, you know, booked something like eight, eight demos or something like that. Um, and, you know, kind of really just put my head down, made a lot of dials, really just focused on my work. I wasn't there really to, you know, make friends or socialize or like being part of like some sort of, you know, pact of any kind, really just wanted to, you know, do well. And 
you know, I wanted to be an account executive. That was what people told me to do. You know, like you're in sales, SDR, like that's the traditional, like, you know, movement. So I voiced that to my manager and, you know, I was on task for that, of course. Um, but something I did do early on in my career, which kind of led me into my management role was when I first joined, I remember like being in a, in a, in a room full of like veterans and I was a new hire and they were, you know, someone would speak in front of the room and I was like, damn, like that's, I was like nervous and intimidated. And I was like, I'm you know, I'm not going to be able to ever do that. I felt so out of touch as a new hire. I didn't know what we did. These kids like were talking about everything that they have accomplished and just so far ahead of me. And as I started to get better at the role, I, I started to look at new, more new hires come in. Right. And I saw those same faces and I said, you know what, out of just my own, like, instinct. I just went and helped them. Like joining a new job in a new company is hard. It's scary. You know, it, like you don't know anybody you're, you're doing a new thing. It's, you know, particularly sales dev. It's like right out of college, you know? So I started to help these new hires and my manager kind of saw this. And when it came time, time to be promoted, they didn't have any territories open for me to move into account executive role. So they were like, do you want to be a manager? So I had to kind of think about it for a while because this wasn't on my kind of like it wasn't on my on my mind. And, you know, I ended up taking the job and it, it was difficult early on because I, I kind of, you know, I had to manage a team of people who kind of wanted my job, you know, like who I kind of jumped the gun on. And it was a, it was uncomfortable. And I grew a lot in that first couple of months and crushed it. You know, best team on the floor ended up getting recruited, going to like a small startup company where I like built out the process. I, I managed closers, closed business, kind of got, you know, taste of it all. Um, really fell in love with the sales dev part. So um, ended up going through some major stuff in New York. My father passed away. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted like a, a new change, a new, a new, a new situation. So, you know, it was kind of like a God shot where I had this, you know, grateful opportunity to come out to Santa Monica. Um, I interviewed with Patient Pop, walked around. I fell in love with the, the the vibe. I was like, if I get this job, I'm jumping on a plane the next day. And um, that, you know, pretty much happened. And, you know, it's by, by far the best job I've ever had, best product process people, just, you know, amazing, amazing things we're doing. And it's really fun, you know, helping people get better. Yeah, man. I think a lot of us, especially in sales or any part of the sales org, can probably jump on the same boat as you. Like when we jumped in, nobody goes to college and says, I want to be a sales guy. At least if they have, I haven't met them yet. Um, and when they first get that role, uh, I was the exact same way. Jumped into an SDR role, took the offer. Um, I uh, My story is a little bit different, but I needed a, a job because my daughter was on the way. Oh, congrats. Um, and she was born when I was three weeks into an a oh. entry-level SDR role. So I was, in a, I was in a similar boat where I was like, I need some health insurance. I got to get something going. <laughs> right. Um, and was doing the you know 7 a.m. To, to 8 p.m. travels. But I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, you, you know, when you're first new to the role, they, they sort of hit you with some of the high level stuff you're going to be doing, but you don't really know what you're getting into until you've been there. Yep. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, th these days, you know, it's different now, Like this was shit, oh, seven, eight years ago now. I mean, I don't even know where the time goes, but like now people are like, you know, there's more classes for this. Like sales dev is like, is, is one of the 
best ways to get into a company and grow your career? Like who else, where else can you make a hundred grand if you're not a lawyer, you're not a doctor, you're not in finance and you're, you know, your first year out of college, like I have SDRs making a hundred grand a year, you know, and a lot of times we're interviewing people now that go to certain programs that to prep them for the SDR world. So I think more now than ever, it's kind of becoming mainstream where it's like, okay, here's, here's what I know what I want, which is interesting also. And we could talk on that a little bit, but, um, yeah, back then it was like kind of, you know, just get me in, get me in the door somewhere. I think even now more so than even two or three years ago, even the online resources where you can just look things up, take online classes, even podcasts. Um, there's just more resources, at least about sales development. Um, if not about sales as a whole. So oh, yeah. um, I think you're right. There's a lot more transparency, at least today, than there was even a couple of years ago, let alone seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I know when I was in school, I was like, I do not want to end up as a used car salesman. Um, <laughs> and here I am. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I went to finance. I went to school for finance. I wanted to be like a businessman, you know, like I, I, I had no idea. Like I wanted to, I wanted to make money and be important. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy how your, your mind and your, your views of things kind of change as you grow up. Yeah, man. Um, let's, let's get into it. Um, I specifically wanted to talk to you about mindset because I know this is something that you've been advocating on, um, something that you've been posting a lot about on LinkedIn. Um, so can you give us like, a Jesse's definition of mindset? Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, mindset is, I mean, it, it speaks for itself, right? And now more than ever with the way of the world and the way things are going and all the work from home remote stuff is, it's so crucial to come in with the right perspective. Um, the actual definition of mindset is an established set of attitudes um, held by somebody, you know, um, and we could break that down. And many people have like long definitions of what they think people's mindset should be. For me, it's it's pretty simple. And this is kind of my whole approach to sales and my whole approach to management is just simplify things. So when I talk about you know what mindset is to me, it's about becoming a better person, right? It's about growing in that direction because if you can become a better person, if I could help you become a better person, I could help you become a better salesperson. So it's kind of like growing at all costs, right? now. I can deal with pretty much anything in the world if the net positive is growth, right? So like frustration of any kind, um, you know, just not making a lot of money or money that I need to make, you know, commuting to work, whatever it is, all day calendar meetings. If I'm growing as a person and as a sales rep, say, like, then I'll deal with that. And those are the kind of people that I, I like to recruit to that work well with me. Also... Yeah, yeah. Also, just to add into that, like one more thing I should mention is that like early on, right? Like when when I when I first joined uh, sales team, like I was this obsessed competitor and fierce, like you know, losers, you're a loser, right? Like if you don't win, you're a loser. And you know, it, it led me to a lot of fleeting moments because I would win and and be like, okay, and now I just got to go win again, right? So it's it, for me now a part of my mindset is also it's it's you know the will to win, right? putting in the work in that process opposed to actual outcome. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say it ties back to like, if you've read the subtle art of not giving a fuck, yeah, it yeah, ties yeah. back yeah, to like the that. suffering you choose. Um, 
Yeah. What are you willing <laughs> and to suffer so you're, for? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the suffering is manageable so long as you're okay with the end result. Right. And why is mindset so important, specifically when it comes to sales development? Yeah. I mean, when you think about sales development and a lot of what I hear these days are like, you know, people who want to join patient pop or for other companies is, and this is controversial in a way. And a lot of what I write on LinkedIn and things like that, you know, it's all perspective too. Like you could read something one way. Right. And that's kind of why I write things is because to kind of give the reader the, the ability to kind of perceive it. But um, when it comes to mindset, like a lot of people join companies now because they're passionate about the product or because they love the industry and, 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 you know, that's why they want to sell this product. They want to sell this product. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's important, right? Like if you like what you sell, you understand what you sell and you love the industry, you're going to be better at it. But let's, let's not get it twisted. Like I've sold things that I hate, right? And it's not a prerequisite for doing good in the job. And, my thing about this and when it comes to mindset is that, you know, I'll challenge people who say that they want to sell only something that they love or they're passionate about the company is because, okay, in 90 days or so, right. You know, passionate for the, for the, for the, for the product. Yes. First day, second day, first week, second week. I love selling this. Yeah. Okay. 90 days in when you hit that brick wall and you can't get in touch with a decision maker, like, and you become less passionate about the product. Are you then going to walk away? Like, is you going to leave the company now? Like, is this something you're not interested in anymore because you joined for the passion? So I actually consider it a bit of a yellow flag with a little bit of an asterisk when someone says that they just want to join for that. Um, the other side is, is like when you do hit that brick wall, you know, what, what is going to get you through? And that is mindset. Um, that is the, the way that you think about things, you know, the motivational clips and all those things are great. Right. You know, they, they'll give you a jolt on Monday morning or meditation and things like that. We, we could touch on that more. But for me, it's, it's inspiration. Right. It's inspiration to have a growth mindset. Right. Because you're going to hit this brick wall. You're going to go through so much struggle early on in sales dev, no matter who you are. You cannot test out for game speed. Right. Game speed is game speed. You can talk about it. You can expect it. You can write about it. But when you get in there, and I'm not talking the first day, second day, first week, second week. It's when you hit that 45-day mark and you're alone and no one knows you, like no one cares you're new anymore. And you got to make those calls. Passion for the product's not getting you through that, you know? So you got to have the, the right attitude going in. You got to want to become somebody who doesn't, doesn't quit, who wants to push through, who's not dedicated or who's not you know, correlated directly with the outcome where it's about more of the process and you want to grow as a human being and, and gather tools to become better in certain areas of your life, not just at booking demos. So I think that's, it's so important because if you don't have that when you're coming in uh, and you have a, a different expectation of what the role is, you'll, you'll, you, you won't make it and you'll have, and even if you try, you'll be miserable and nothing's worth that. Yeah. Um, sales development is hard, man. Like when you're just starting out, trying to get in touch with decision makers, not every day is going to go the way you want it. You talked about it earlier. You start off booking no demos. Some days are just bad. And so that's where it comes in, where you have to have 
you know, the mindset and the will to win to be able to, you know, pick yourself up off the floor when you can't get a hold of anybody, bounce back and exactly like you said, not let the passion for the product or whatever fade and you just want to quit after 90 days because you're never going to run into a situation where your day is good every day. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we're playing a game of failure, right? So the expectations of that are so important. So when you think about mindset, it's like, okay, expect to lose. Expect, like my, 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 my team all the time tells me like, you know, we, we, we sell marketing for doctors, to doctors. We help doctors get more patients and stuff like that. My, my team will call me up or text me and say, this doctor, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they, they confirmed 10 times and this is great. There's so much pain in this and they didn't show up for the demo. And they're shocked still. And I'm like, they're doctors, right? They're actual doctors and you're calling them, right? And you're cold calling them. And it's like, expect them not to show up, right? And that's a hard thing to do. That is a decision you need to make in your mind that it's like, I'm going to expect to fail almost or that I can do everything correctly and still fail. Like baseball, right? You take a, you know exactly what pitch is coming right? You, you time it perfectly. You take a great swing. You hit the ball on the nose. It's right to the first baseman. And, you know, in the box score, that's an out, but like your team's still dapping you up. You're still going to take the exact same approach next time. Right? So it's really about expectations too. I literally wrote something on this a couple of weeks ago, um, about how sales or sales development were professional losers, um, and compared it to baseball. And you know, I know you'll appreciate it cause you got the Yankee oh, hat yeah. on. But yeah. the bat, like the whole batting 300 thing, like if you're at 30%, you're world class. It's the same in sales, man. If you're, even if you're booking 30% of your calls, like you're probably an all-star on your team, which means seven of those are failures. Right. And like, you, you know, I left a funny post about this, um, on LinkedIn. I'll probably repost it honestly. Um, cause my network's much bigger now, but put it like this. If an alien, just stay with me for a second. If an alien came down right to earth and decide and got dropped on a baseball diamond and decided to play baseball. Right. And this alien, you know, took, a, got a thousand swings, a thousand at bats and failed, you know, struck out 60% of the time or 70% of the time. Right. So he was getting a hit batting 300. He would be like, this shit is hard. Number one. Okay, and then he would go back up to his alien spaceship and say, I'm never playing baseball again. I'm terrible at it. Right. I don't I, I failed 70 percent of the time. And when you think about it, it's the same thing with sales. It's the expectations. Right. I like to tell my team as a joke when they first start, nothing works. Right. No, nothing works. Like, let's let's just get that out of the way right now. When nothing works, we're cold calling. You know, it's it's one of the hardest things you have to do. But so back to the story, right? If the alien were to have a, a quick lesson and say like, you know, here's what everyone's doing. Here's the average. He, here's what's supposed to happen. And as you mentioned, right? World class. I mean, hall of fame. You're a hall of famer if your career average is 300, right? And that means you're failing 70% of the time. So same thing as an SDR. If you come in thinking you're going to book a meeting every single day and you don't, do you go back to, you know, your, your room and say, I'm terrible? No, you have to, you have to know about the expectations. You have to put those in your mindset. So it's a good point. Yeah. And I know you alluded to it earlier, um, with the meditation, but 
you know, what are some of the things that you do or some of the things that you teach your team about, you know, perspective, mindset, context? Yeah. Um, right. So look, you know, meditation, when we were in the office, I, I, I've been playing Monday motiv- motivation videos for my team for five years, right? Like there's, there's a reason why I do that. They're, they're great. But like most things in, in life, they're fleeting where you'll get that jolt or that, you know, you know I'm feeling great. You get hung up on, you're like, what the, f- I got to go watch this video again, you know, and it doesn't have the same punch. So, um, you know, meditations are important too, present moment stuff. But in my, in my, in my opinion, get someone in the right mindset and kind of how I preach to my team is you really just need to decide, right? It's a decision that you need to make. There's two real types of mindset. It's either you're in a fixed mindset, right? Where you just believe your abilities are the way that they are, right? You can't really change them. The world is the way it is. You can't really change it. Um, and you're kind of a victim. And then there's, you know, the growth mindset where it's like you're a sponge for, for learning. You, you want to get better in everything you do. And you're going to put in the work to do that. Um, and when you think things can't get better, like when you're in a fixed mindset and you think like, this is the way it is, it's life becomes very anxious. It's, it's, it's very stressful. So, um, it, it comes down to the story that you tell yourself, right? It comes down to literally that voice in your head, what you're telling yourself you can and cannot do. So I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, but do you have like something you'd recommend for somebody that, you know, maybe they're in a fixed mindset, you know, it's maybe not the natural them, but you want to get them back into that growth mindset. Is there like a strategy or something you tell them to, to look into? Yeah. I mean, you know, we see this all the time and, you know, a lot of my, and my team will tell you, like, we, we go deep into philosophy and to a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm big into that, into the meaning and the reason of many things. But I think the first thing, you know, for getting people into the right mindset is, is leading by example, right? Like, you know, I, I have, I have to do that. I have to show the team that I believe that things can get better, that I believe that things can change. And that, that has a tremendous effect. The second thing, as I mentioned is, you know, the story you tell yourself, right. And the voice inside your head, right. And it's constantly saying negative things. You can't do this. You're not good enough. These leads are all terrible. Why am I here? I'm not making any money. Right. And the first thing to know, and it's a little deep, right. And it's important to grasp though, is that that voice inside your head is not actually who you are. That voice inside your head does not define you. You know, my dad always used to say something to me and my sisters where, you know, my sisters are very, I'm an emotional guy. Right. I could, I could admit that off the bat. Um, my sisters are even more emotional and they'd always freak out about certain things. I can't do this. I can't go on. And, you know, this is terrible. This is that. And my dad would say, what's your record against that? What's your what's your lifetime record on? I can't go on. Right. That shit is undefeated. You are undefeated against that voice, against that noise. So the most important thing to know with that is, you know, you're not that voice. Who are you then? You're 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 the observer of that voice, right? You're, you're the witness of all things you sit behind and you kind of see those feelings and those voices come in. And it doesn't mean you reject them. 
right? That's also a bad thing. Like, oh, you can't do this. No, you know, like reject, reject, reject. That's not good either. It's accepting them through, but understanding it's not who you are. And then once you understand that, you can make a decision and you have more power over what comes in and how you deal with it. Um, you know, one strategy is simple one is just to add yet to everything, right? So I can't, I, I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I can't cold call yet. I, I can't get promoted yet. I'm not great yet. Right. And that puts you by default from fixed to growth, right? Because everybody needs to be taught things. Everybody needs to learn. Everybody can learn. Everybody can become better. And I think it's so important to grasp those couple of things and it goes deep and we could have another podcast about that. But, um, I think that's huge. And then also just practicing what you preach, you know, like setting the intention of, you know, doing things intentionally to, to, to grow and to help yourself. Dude, that is some, that is some powerful advice yet. I love that. Yeah. Um, and your dad's question, what's your record? You know, I was guilty of this a month ago. Um, my, like my big thing is I worry about hypotheticals. It's just a Mm -hmm. thing. Um, until somebody was like, how often do your hypotheticals actually happen? Um, and I was like, yeah, almost never. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so it's the exact same thing. It's so powerful. It's like, oh, wait, I'm spending all my time stressing out about this. It's literally never happened. So I'm just, I'm creating like a, like a barrier for myself that it, it wouldn't exist if I didn't create it. Right. You're literally, you're, what you're doing is you're blocking the good energy from coming in, right? You're blocking it and it stems from that voice. And I challenge anybody that's listening to this to literally just tally it up. Like that's a losing record. Like, you know what I mean? If you're, if you listen to what your voice says sometimes, and the thing is we, we, we identify so much with that voice. Like it's, it's who you are. So you're like, you don't want it to be wrong at times because nobody wants to be wrong. Everybody wants to be right. So once you kind of disconnect from what that voice is and you realize that you're just kind of in the backseat observing, then you'll, you'll be able to just experience life in such a, in such a better way. Dude, that's huge. That is huge. Um, and it kind of ties into, ties into a little bit of the mental health aspect. Um, and so I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you posted on this or talked about this a lot. Um, but you know, why would, why do you think that, you know, mental health perspective is so important, especially in the SDR world, because I know it's at the forefront right now. Um, but I think it always should have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it goes hand in hand, man. This is something that I encourage and challenge all leaders of all types to start talking more about. I mean, mental health is, I mean, now more than ever with, with people being locked down and suffering from depression before these types of things and anxiety. And I mean, having to cold call strangers, right? If you think about that, you have to cold call strangers and you come in there and you're feeling great. Like you, you know exactly what you're going to do and you, you say the right things and you get told to fuck off and they hang up on you. And all of a sudden, all those good feelings, all that preparation, you just feel terrible and you could tailspin on that. Right. So like mental health for, for sales dev, I mean, it should, we should, they should be a class on it. Right. Like I've spoken to, to, to my boss, KD, like we, we want to incorporate this more as like, you know, a fundamental of, of our org. Right. Like where, you know, we, when we were in the office, we used to do 
morning meditations. And, you know, we made that shit mandatory. Maybe that's something I can't say, but like, you know, I tell my team, like you get mandatory, right? Like, cause most of the time we don't know what's good for us. Right. And we need someone to push us to that. So when it comes to mental health, it's, a, you know, opening up and, and talking to somebody and, you know, with the, with the way of the world and the pandemic and all the struggles, it's, it's just, it's more important now than ever. Dude, we used to do meditation in the mornings as a result of Katie on the outreach podcast. Like I was listening to oh, it really? one morning on the way to work and then I sent it to my boss and I was like, we got to do this. Like, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. well, you're right. When you're in the office, man, somebody tells you to fuck off. You can bounce the energy off the team, get back into it right. really quickly when it's just me sitting here with my thoughts and the hypotheticals coming in and it's like, Oh shit, maybe I'm terrible at cold calling. You gotta, you gotta tally up that voice in your head thing. And so, like yeah. I said, mental health is at the forefront right now. At least I'm seeing it a lot, but I, I feel like it should have been all like always. Yeah. It should have been, you know, and, and here's the thing with that, right? Like it, it's, it's, and it's getting more in this direction. And, you know, here's something that I try to lead is it's let's make it cool, right? Like everybody wants to be cool. Let's not, let's not front. Like that's just the way it is. Everybody wants to be hip. Everybody wants to be cool. Let's make mental health cool. Let's start talking about our feelings. Let's start accepting that we're not okay. And let's start working on ourselves. Right. And the more people do that, the more people will follow. So like, you know, you're right. It should have been, I think it's getting better. It's not there yet. Um, it's mental health over everything. Like you, it's the foundation of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what advice can you give to any sales development reps, um, that might be struggling with mindset or, you know, looking for that, that step into growth mindset, um, to just become better reps? Yeah, for sure. I think the first thing you got, you know, is, is you got to make a choice, right? Do you, do you want to be, do you want this to control you or do you want to control it? And, you know, that is much easier said than done. But when it comes to the actual role and when it comes to mental health, um, you know, taking intentional breaks is huge, right? And this is something I'm still working on. I'll go the entire day in front of my computer on the phone. It'll whiz by and I'm like, yo, where did the time go? I feel like I'm like radioactive from like being on all these zooms and all this internet in my face. And I tell my team and, you know, something I need to just do more is like put that 10 minute break on and, and, you know, take it, stop. Like it, it doesn't matter what you did beforehand. Oh, I didn't get the meeting or I didn't, I didn't call as many people. So I can't take that intentional break. That's not how, that's not how it is. Um, that's not how it should be. Second thing I think is, you know, being proactive with burnout, right? Like I, took a mental health day yesterday, actually. Like I, I've never done that in my entire life. And, you know, I've used to have this mentality, like I would never take time off. I would never, I'm this workhorse. You could count on me. And like, that's who I am. And like, I identified with that. And, you know, still part of my ego is like that. But, you know, I was feeling, feeling a little burnt out, feeling a little down. I needed an extra day and I did it. Right. And I feel great today. Um, so I think being proactive with that, um, making vulnerability cool. Like let's make vulnerability cool, man. Print the hats and the t-shirts. Like it is, it starts with like, you know, managers, right? It starts with leaders. 
start i'm very vulnerable and open with my team maybe too much but that's just the way that i am and they they see that right and and then they know that it's okay to come to me with things that are on their mind and you know we talk about deep personal stuff um i think make pto cool like pay time off i i still can't grasp this idea where like you know matter like my reps will ask me can i take pto and i'm just like it's 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 yours right like it's your time to take like i get it like respect the rules and give me two weeks and stuff like that and i appreciate it but you earned it so take the days um meditating meditating right we talked on that journaling journaling is huge um reading you know reading is one thing that i use as a form of meditation you know it takes you out of your your voice it takes you out of your own head um and in a big thing a very very big thing very underrated thing is exercising you know is getting your body moving and like i i i can't stress it enough and something that's so difficult now with the gyms closed and like just not access to as many you know things to to do and i you know i have this home workout that i that i try to do but I don't enjoy it as much, so I, I avoid it. But um, every time I do work out, my thoughts are cleaner. I feel more positive and confident. So I like I got into an argument with I forgot who it was, but early on when we were still in the office, like I I wanted to say like, what if we made everybody work out before before the day started, like we made it mandatory. Like, I know there's so many rules in HR and all that, and I was like 80% serious, but like, imagine we had a place like that where like you had to work out and like there were showers and whatnot and we did it safe. And I don't know, I think that results would go up and people would be in a better headspace. Dude, HR is going to be all over you with mandatory yeah, yeah, meditation and mandatory there workouts. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like you, you couldn't be more right. I've started to notice that I can tell the difference in my attitude between whether I work out that day or not. Like it's a noticeable difference. It makes a huge difference, especially when you're in a five by five space with yourself for eight to 10 hours, depending on your day. Um, this is all amazing advice. I would add to that much less deeper. When people ask you what you do, don't say just an SDR. Just say, oh my God, I hate I'm that. an SDR. I was, that's one of the things. So when I was, I don't know, five, six months in, that's one of those things where people would be like, what do you do? Oh, I'm just in sales development. Um, and then I stopped saying it. I was like, nope, not doing it anymore. Uh, and all of a sudden, like your, your internal voice changes a little bit. You get a little bit more confident with your role. So if no, you know, but yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, I, I, I feel you so much and they even worse is when you do it to the prospects, right? The prospect will ask you a pricing question of some sort. Oh no, I'm, I'm just the scheduler. Like I, I'm just, all I do is schedule meetings and I'm just here. Like, no, you're not, you're not just a scheduler. You're an expert in your field. Right. And that is, that's crucial because it seems like a little statement, but that's mindset, right? That's mindset. When you don't think of yourself like that, you think of yourself as someone who is, you know, the top of the funnel for a company, the most, you know, one of the most important roles in the company. You're the first person to speak to prospects. You're setting up all the opportunities and pipeline in the company. You're bringing the revenue so that they can pay out the marketing team and the CS team and the sales ops team. So 
it's those little things that I listen to, and I I I ask that real quick. Like when they when they say those things, I'm just an SDR. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was it made a huge difference in my career. Uh, I'd love to hear that you ax it out and, and tell people to stop as soon as they do. Yeah, for um, sure. So, where can people connect with you? I know a ton of people who listen will probably already have you on LinkedIn, like I do. Is that where to go? Yeah, that's where to go, man. I mean, you know, I deleted all my social media like a few years ago um, besides LinkedIn. And I get the question all the time, like, why? And my answer is pretty simple. It's, it doesn't make me a better person, right? And I just kind of leave it at that, which is true. And it's like about kind of just trying to minimize those things that don't make you better. Um, so, yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, request me, leave a comment, DM me. You know, I'm open to talk or get on podcasts or just, you know, chop it up about life. So um, I'm trying to get myself out there, build my brand up and help people at the same time. Cool. I'll include a link in the show notes to, so you can connect directly with you. Um, cool. So for anybody that's interested in that, just go to the show notes. There's literally going to be a big red button that says connect with Jesse. All right, dude. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. This has been amazing. Yeah. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, man. I loved it. And um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. This was awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even our show notes. And make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next week.